Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kafaru Cast. I've finally come back to work. I was down in Texas doing a little bit of guiding, doing a little bit of hunting. And uh, I have got John Renfret with me. He was down there on the hunt. And uh, little did you know, most of you know that Luke Cadillo is a sheep guide. So he hopped on the podcast as well. So thanks for hopping on, guys. You're welcome. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you no problem. I had a break today from guiding, so I thought I'd come in here and bust out some uh, inventory here at Kafaro and uh, <laughs> bust out a podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah, so we were down there. Well, I went I went down, and then I, I helped some different hunters, Cody Greenwood from Trad Lab, Bill with Iron Will, and then there were some other hunters as well. And then uh, my wife and John drove down after Bill and Cody left, and so... Cody kept calling himself whitetail ignorant, which I didn't understand until Cody, I love you. He got out of the truck and walked about 50 yards and he was fucking loud. <laughs> I mean, whoosh, 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 with his pants rubbing together. <laughs> and Scott goes, you got to watch out for them damn sticks. Cause he kept stepping on shit. And you know, you, you think about it. If, if you only know what you know. Right. And so I'm sure he's super quiet in a tree stand, but if you haven't stalked a lot or whatever, it's, all new yeah you don't you don't know and so we i'll just tell the story with him because it was super funny we we blew a couple groups out and then there was some um on the uh like a wheat field basically and it goes wheat field and then what is it probably 300 yards and then yeah then and, it drops down into the cliffs in this hellish cliff canyon so i was like leading Cody or whatever, right? What we literally are like a hundred yards away, and he says, "There's some coming from behind us." And what was funny when we left the group, we blew out. I said, "Man, they'll circle around and just come back." I didn't think it would be in three to five minutes, right? They came right back. So I'm immediately at this point, it is hard to kill an owl dad with a stick bow, and so I'm like, "This is a gift." So I think it was at 44, and I didn't know what his ability was, and I ranged it, and I was like. Dude, if that's in your range, make it rain. Drop that bitch. And uh, he was like, it's too far. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> wait for it to get closer because I'm like, uh, this isn't going to happen like this again. And that thing, I guess two fat guys together look like one big bush because yep. it kept coming. And it got to 23, and I'm like, dude, shoot it in the chest. And uh, whatever, it turned kind of broadside a little quarter and two, and he he pinwheeled it. Whatever, ran. I took off sprinting to see where it went off into those cliffs because – is John got to see, once it's in the cliffs, it's a little squirrely, right? Yeah. They can hide. <laughs> they sure can. And it ran off in the cliffs. And so anyway, we ended up getting his. Bill got his a couple days later. And then uh, John and Amy drove down. And John, I don't think you knew that you were going to get to hunt the first day, did you? No, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. We went from zero to 100 uh, real quick. So hopped out of the truck and started hunting, basically, after an eight-hour drive. Yeah, we, we loaded up and... I, you know, Amy's never done yeah. anything like this before, and I didn't need to give John any coaching, so I just was telling Amy what to grab, and, you know, I said, we're probably not going to be that cold, but get a wind blocker, and I said, you know, there's a possibility we'd be stuck behind a brush pile, which actually ended up happening, and it was pretty fucking cold. Um, I don't know, what, was it 34 or something? It had, but the wind was blowing, so, <laughs> you know, hands are cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got that stupid muff on and oh, two, yeah. a lot of clothes, and I keep, Amy's putting her hands in behind me in my hand muff because I got it behind me for low crawling because when we spotted them, they were on a wheat field, and then we low crawled, 
How far was that, Mimi? It was 150 yards, I think you said, that we were going to have to low crawl. So oh, yeah, because I was bitching about it because I ranged it. I hate yeah. low crawling. So, no, that that little hand warmer, was yeah. that like what quarterbacks wear? Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to have it because my hands, I lose feeling in them. And uh-huh. I actually made a post about it. And, and I had a lot of people say quit chewing and, and drinking caffeine, which isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But- not that I was trying to argue with anyone. Wait, with they that. said that because their circulation or what? Yeah, which is, there's some truth in that. I mean, it's true, but. Says who? The doctors. Joe Rogan? I don't know. Did he say it? I don't know. If Joe I, didn't say if it. If Joe didn't say it, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I know people that have never drank or, or caffeine or anything, and they, they have serious blood flow issues. For me, well, it's. Well, look at my hands right now. I mean, they're, they're probably a little shade of red or purple. I, it's from working outside yeah. for me. Yeah. It's frost nip, frostbite exposure. Uh, I have low blood pressure, so I don't have a lot of circulation. And then genetics. My dad's got it. My grandpa's got it. And so my hands just turn purple, and I lose the ends of them turn. I lose. They all turn white here after a while, and then I can't feel anything. So I got to have that hand muff. Yeah. So we get behind this brush pile, and at that time, well, John, what was going through your mind? Because literally he did go from zero to 100 to uh, change your clothes, let's go. And the next thing you know, we're low crawling a couple hundred yards to a brush pile, and there's probably 60 sheep. Yeah, there's probably 60 sheep, and I'm still stiff from the drive. You know, we're low crawling, and we get up behind that uh, that mesquite uh, brush pile, and um, they're starting to feed down that fence line in that wheat field there. I didn't think they were going to come in uh, to bow range, but they did. What was that? You, uh, she's, what'd you say, 11 years old? Eleven or twelve, she was bald between her horns. She had a white, she had a white stripe or something on one of her horns or something, right? It was right between her horns. She had no hair, and it, oh, it was okay. the hide. Yep. And it was, it was. At first, I was going to try and have them both shoot. Now, keep in mind, I had told Amy. Well, I don't know if I told you. I told Amy they'd been super skittish, but it had snowed two days, so they were hungry. So we were having issues before you guys got there, and then it snowed, and so they were come hungry and literally they walked 40 yards from scott over the through the fence like his price they thought he was a cattle truck mm-hmm. and uh they wouldn't pick their heads up like they normally they'll pop their heads up and they well the only one that saw us saw us blew the whole thing and he ended yeah. up killing them anyway but yeah they were so freaking hungry they would not you know because it snowed for the last two days well was was aaron the one guiding you yeah 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 Okay, And, you know, it was unique because I've shot with Aaron several times and stuff, but the very first time you hunt with somebody, you, ha- you have to build, you'd like to anyways, build a rapport with them. You, you kind of uh, gauge off of their, their posture or what they're, what, what they're going to do. You kind of read their mind. And we didn't really have, we went from zero to a hundred and we didn't really have the ability to do that. When it came time to shoot that, that you, that old you uh, behind that first mesquite pile, all I did was, uh, he says, okay, shoot that one. And what was uh, what was the range on that? 57, I think. Yeah. So right before that, I told Amy, I said, do you mind if we just have John shoot? Because I could see it turn into a fucking shit show pretty quick. And I knew he could shoot real good. And so I was like, I'm going to excuse the Velcro here. I, I'm not very good at adulting, and I forgot to give Angie back uh, the company credit card. <laughs> Sorry, Angie. <laughs> Angie's saying hello to everyone. Thank you. So I, I, Amy was super cool and she backed off and, and then, you know, there's three people behind a not that big brush pile with 40 to 60 sheep. And then we're trying to figure out to make sure rams and ewes, because there's young rams and ewes in the group. Right. And there was two old ones and they were fucking ancient. And one was 
How far was it? It was on the fence. It was on the fence. There's there was I would say half of the sheep I couldn't see from where I was positioned, but I didn't want to move because I had a window to shoot through. And and I was just waiting for you to tell me to, to go ahead and shoot. When that time came, all I literally did is hook my release on the string and put some tension on the bowstring. That's all it took. And they, they took off. And I only time we saw one head pop up, I said, you know, the one with the white between its horns, shoot, yeah. kill that one. And literally he didn't, because he asked me, he's like, did I screw that up? I was like, fuck no. Because yeah. <laughs> I was watching him. He literally moved his hand about three inches and she popped her head up. And I'm like, what's the luck of that, right? Because yeah. I was bouncing around looking. and But they, they ran off and uh, some of them stayed. And then what, a, I don't know, might fit five minutes went by. Some time went by. It was just cold. And we're like, look, we got to make something happen. They didn't want to move out of that wheat field. They didn't want to get pushed out of it. They kept, at one point, they went back underneath the yeah, fence. They were hungry. Yeah. And then they went, they, I don't know if it was Scott that pushed them out of the, the field again, but they, they headed towards that canyon. That's when we moved. You know, I'm thinking, uh, well, and I probably said 15 times, I'm like, Jesus, these fuckers are hungry. Like, yeah. they do not want to leave because, you know, I'm going off for the experience that I've had where they bolt in that canyon. They don't come back for several hours. Well, these run off, going back under, run off. And then now I'm wanting them to leave. I'm like, get in a fucking canyon so we can shoot you. And then the last one... I guess got out of sight. We snuck up maybe another 150, 200 yards to another brush pile. And I'm sure there's one or two of them saw some movement, but we were crouched down. And then they all started moving left. And I'm trying to, the two on one guy, 200 thing does not work very well, especially when one of them's your wife. And um, <laughs> I'm like, at this point in time, thinking John's going to drop one somewhere between 40 and 80. They're going to run in the cliffs. You're going to stay. I'm going to take Amy, which did pretty much what happened, but they all came right to left. And it was funny because I'm trying to tell him which one to shoot. These are 40 sheep that all look the same. Yeah. And I'm like, hard to judge <laughs> for sure. The one pops in. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I would have just let some carbon fly. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was the one I aiming for. <laughs> well, he, he hit the one he was aiming at. And it's funny because when he first shot, I said, I think you shot over the back. But as I take off to go with Amy, I'm chuckling thinking, how do I know he even understood half of what I was saying? Because I'm like, shoot the one with its head up. Well, they're all popping their heads up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking funny. But anyway, go ahead, John. Yeah. So when you told me to shoot, I, I wasn't when I wasn't expecting to shoot at that time. Uh, we, me and Amy swapped places, and now I was behind you, and you wanted me to step up next to you. I just thought you wanted to, to talk to me and say, here's the next move. When you said... Uh, see that one with its head up, shoot that one. I said, well, what's the range? And you said 78. I said, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, he says shoot, so I'll shoot. And um, luckily, you know, I was telling you earlier, we've shot together enough where I don't, I feel comfortable uh, shoot. You know, you, you're not, maybe if I had just met you, it'd be intimidating, you know, shooting next to you. But uh, I was able to keep my mind in it and make a decent shot. And it, what do you go, 20, 15, 20 yards? Yeah. I, oh, he smoked it then. I couldn't believe it because I double lung and heart shot mine and it went a hundred. Mm -hmm. Cody double lunged his and I don't, it went, so I had to chase it down. Um, we had a compound guy shoot his seven times and most of them were in the lungs and it wouldn't die. And this is legit lung shots, not like internet. Lung. Like, I, like I was there. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, you know, jaw drop. What the? And he shoots his and I think it's in the group. And I'm running, and I'm like, keep an eye out, keep an eye out. And you're like, he's like, it's right there. I'm like, 
Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, didn't, really? I didn't know it died. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I was shooting uh, shooting those Ramcats, and and uh, I was just testing them out on this hunt, and they they performed well, you know, uh, on that animal, anyways. So what? Seventy eight yards, and he said, "Smoke it." Yeah, so that's a, that's about right. That's, that's I taught you well, good guide, huh? I taught you why. Uh, uh, listen to your guide. I taught him well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he we're running up, and so now I've got. I'm thinking I trust John and he's got whatever, not that it's, this is extreme, but I'm like, John's got common sense. He's been here. I'm not worried about John. So I'm like, dude, stay with your sheep. I'm taking Amy. And he's like, what? Cause he couldn't, I'm trying to whisper. Yeah. I think you said what? I wasn't sure, man. I was just like, it all, everything was happening <laughs> so fast. And you know, uh, the way you are, and I'm the same way, but since I, I'm looking at you to as the guide, so I'm just following instructions. Uh, you're like a shark in the water, man. When there's blood, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's bad. You're yeah. like a great white dude. It's it's <laughs> it's a sight to behold, that's for sure. And it, it's cool to watch. And I'm the same way. But when I'm when I'm not when I'm riding shotgun, uh, it's hard to feel that intense about it. And so I'm just still trying to follow instructions after the animal hit the ground and. And I'm like, do I go with them? Or I'm like, fuck, that doesn't make sense. I need to stay here. So that's what he's saying. So I just stayed there. And I, I looked for my arrow and tried to waste some time. And <laughs> well, I looked at Scott Aaron, for a while. Aaron would have looked back at you and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Sit yeah. back at the, go back well, to your animal. <laughs> I'm, you never shoot two spot and stock out at in a day. We had a lot of, of good things. Them being hungry were yeah. one of them. We were blowing them. I had told these guys, so did Scott multiple times. We get within 400 yards of the truck, they blow out. They had literally all week. We pull up and they won't leave. And 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 when I say that, meaning Scott, we tried to get him to drive around to the other side, and and they weren't, uh, you know, weren't weren't really scared of the truck because they were so hungry. I mean, he was a few hundred yards away, but so um, I look at uh, you know John. I'm like, hey, you stay with the sheep. I'm going to take Amy to the cliffs. And so I was like, with Amy, I yanked the arrow out of her arrow rest because I didn't want her to cut herself while she was running if she you know whatever and keep in mind Amy's as green as grass so we get about 20 yards from the cliffs and I'm like hook your arrow up hook your release up they're going to be right here um and she's like how close and I'm like anywhere from 10 feet to 80 yards I don't know but they're gonna be below us and holy shit they were all right there and you know, she didn't, she didn't know, uh, exactly. And so I poked my eyeballs up to look, but she had no idea. So she just walked up to the edge and she looked and bing, they start hopping everywhere. And I'm, I didn't want her to shoot a, a baby on accident. When I say a baby, a, you know, young one, and it was pretty much chaos, right? And so there to the left, there were several and I'm trying to tell her which one to shoot. And anyway, she finally shoots. And right when she does, that thing goes to spring off the cliff. And she pinwheels it in the ass, like right in the femoral. So, of course, she doesn't speak the lingo yet. So I look at her. And I'm like, I, I think you hit it in the femoral. You're solid. And she's like, is that good? I'm like, it's like a heart shot. So now I'm looking at the cliffs that I've got to dive down, which are not easy. And I'm thinking, you know how she's a bit clumsy. And I'm thinking, and it's almost dark. And so I... It's like, look, I need you to go back and get Scott and John. Go back to them. And I said, I'll call you with instructions. Well, I end up going down in the cliffs and I get on the ram. The sheep is like not doing well, but plenty alive. And I, I initially was thinking I'll just get a hold of it and stab it if I have to because I didn't want to go to the bottom of the Paladero Canyon with this thing. Well, it bedded. And so I called John. I'm like, dude, come 
to my 200 yards south on my previous location where I where Amy took the shot. 200 yards south, get to the cliff edge. Don't drop off the cliff until you see me. I said, it's right below me. And it I could see it at 40 yards looking at me. And I'm like, we're good. Yeah. And it saw, it saw Scott, I think. Because I'm watching it and it blew out and, and from laying there dying. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look up and I can see you guys. Well, then... He was going to have you take a poke and a hope at yeah. another arrow in it. Yep. And I couldn't, I just, it was 96, 96 <laughs> or 98. And at this point, when we hop in the truck, man, I don't know if Aaron's talking me up or what's going on, but uh, Scott says, John, what are you good out to? And I said, uh, I said, I don't know. And he says, about 120. And I look at Aaron, I was like, 120. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's like, well, yeah, you've shot that far before, right? And I'm like. Uh, maybe, you know, and, uh, so I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I got a lot to live up to, you know, I decide that I need to, uh, get closer and go down on those cliffs. And that's when, uh, we spotted Aaron down in there and the, the ram moving around. And, and, uh, that was my first experience with those cliffs. I, I, I didn't know, uh, I'd never been them, the rock falls off. Oh, it, it looks it's not solid. even rock, dude. It's like hard <laughs> clay gravel type shit. And it's, it's pretty bad. So I didn't know what to expect going down through there, but I made it down to you, and, and uh, which was good. It it was it was funny because uh, you know Scott, well he doesn't want you to shoot obviously far away. In fact, I'm right. not sure he would have been okay with you shooting 78 when I first said shoot. But probably not. After an arrow's in one, obviously kind of all bets are off. But, yeah. Um, we get down in those cliffs, and I I said John, give me your bow because I was going to run down and put a final shot in in Amy's, and so I went off like a bat out of hell to try to hook around this sheep or run into it, and, and I can't find it. <laughs> and I'm looking up in the cliffs. I'm like, and I see Scott doing this, yeah, and waving. I'm like, oh, shit, it's closer. And so I could smell it pretty good, and uh, they don't they smell horrible, the mm-hmm. sheep do. And, uh, and I had actually passed it and was under it, and I came back. Well, he had his sight on 96, and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, shit. So the first shot I took went like four feet over the top of its head. I was only like eight yards away. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I was looking through your peep, John. Something went wrong. And he started laughing because the fucking dials yeah. down. To... So the second shot, I, I hit it and it killed it, which it was dying. I mean, it was bleeding bad. You know, in, in, in the case of like Cody's, Cody double-lunged his. We lost blood. I got away from Cody and Scott. Found blood. It paralleled. It stopped going down and paralleled and bedded up. Found blood in the cliffs. And I was like... I'll I'll run this thing down. I'll find it because the coyote problem's pretty bad too. There, in fact, we there was one just getting on his when we came back to it. Oh, but, that mm-hmm. fast? Yep, yep, pretty quick. And so it was funny. As Scott knows me, I ran mine down last year. The terrain is not conducive to blood trailing, and I'm not a great blood trail. In fact, he's as bad as I am. John is worse. It's, it's I'm that a, red dirt kind of right? Yeah. yeah, and but I can track like a mother. So I stayed on, and every now and then I'd catch blood. I was mostly following tracks and. Cody, in his world, is an extreme level nine. He's never done anything like this. So he's like, holy shit. So Scott and Cody are together, and Scott sees the blood in the bed, and and then he sees my track, and he's like, shit, Cody, Aaron will run this down. He's like, we're going to find your sheep. He'll run it to the bottom of the canyon and back up. We'll f- he'll find it. Dude, I couldn't find it. <laughs> I, I literally was getting nervous. I, I'm running down these checking beds, and I come back, and I get them, and I sit down. I'm like, I... I said, it's weird. I can't track it. I said, it, it like literally vanished out of thin air. Well, we, we kind of hypothesize, we circle around and I, we're little, I walked six feet from it. It was in a bush and it, yeah, it died and rolled down. Yeah. And so 
When I turned around to come back to Scott, I saw the hoof sticking up in the bush, and that's why from the cliffs it rolled down. Well, I didn't want to happen with Amy's, not find it, find it the next day, have it eaten. And so John was like right by me, basically 20 yards above me coming down to me. So we, I knew we, we had it pinched in. It couldn't go far, but we were running out of daylight and had, I had no, I had shit, I had a cell phone on me. So, but I had his bow. And so I ended up, she, I almost waited for you to shoot it after the first loft. I missed it by four feet at eight oh, yards. Shit. So I was like, fuck, what the <laughs> hell? But then he laughed because he d- dialed it. So anyway, we took care of that one and took care of John's. And literally it was like 100 miles an hour. And then, they, you know, they had three days to hunt and they're, they're done. They're yeah. done the first day. They yeah. got He got to watch me miss for the next, I missed four times that morning. Yeah, you, you may have. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was cool, though, is to... I'm glad it worked out the way it, that it did because it allowed me because I, I eventually want to hunt with a stick and I'm trying to get better with that. Um, it's, I've been shooting a stick for about a year now and to see how you move, see your methods. I was able to observe that, um, you know, from the truck. Mostly, it's sexy, ain't it? it, it it's, <laughs> it's, it's sexy. A, it's, it's a skill and it's an art and it's cool to watch. Yeah. So it was valuable. But I shot one in the horn. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. It was a big one. <laughs> they were watching in the truck. Was, the, was it just flagging? Dude, so what happened is we didn't see a sheep. And I said, hey, I'm going to circle around. Come pick me up on the road. I'm going to check these cliffs. I walk right into the sheep. Rams, all of them. Big, big rams. And so I see the one ram, and I don't know there's multiple yet. So I go to sneak around, and then there's three. What was there three more or two more? God, man, um, at least three more we've, that we saw on binoculars anyways from the truck. So I'm looking, and I, I don't get greedy, but luckily the first ram I saw is the, the one biggest. The biggest. One. So I sneak in, and like normal, there's a bush in front of it, and I get to where I think the arc of my arrow is going to clear everything, and it didn't clear, and I hit it in the side of the horn, which those guys, Scott saw it actually, didn't he? Run yeah. off. It, yep. bro- it, it came out when it was running through the bushes, so I came back and— I'm like, I missed, you know, I was like, so he was giving me, Scott was giving me crap because the day before I had missed four times. Well, well, let's just get this out in the open. Aaron did miss and he <laughs> told me how many times he missed. <laughs> I how missed many, a lot. How many 11, times? 11, 11. <laughs> um, and when I say miss, I hit, you know, they weren't bad shots. They were yardage one trying to guess when they're jumping around how far he shot over and under i i literally from me uh to john so what is this probably three yards or something Mm -hmm. it's probably closer to six i snuck in an amazing stock ram stands up and i'm trying to shoot through this big hole in uh that mesquite pile yeah yeah i about blinded it was shrapnel it hit that branch right in front of me and that sheep exploded and scott was like what happened i'm like dude i hit a branch you know and then i missed four times over and under the one i talked about but probably the biggest ram i was on and this 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 is good with the compound trad thing i put on a stock that what an amazing stock it was unbelievable but there's 30 mile an hour winds and i get to 27 28 yards scott's watching from half mile away and he can see the ram's heads, so he knows he's. It looked in his looked like I was a few yards away, and they turn and start feeding away. And I'm like, well, it's no guts, no guts. Now or never. Twenty seven, twenty eight yard shot. I took a shot, and it looked like a freaking sidewinder missile. Just oh. and shot. It was going left to right, up, and shot to the right and missed it. And it was one of those deals where I was watching that arrow, and the moment it left the bow, I'm like. 
I'm in trouble. The wind is way greater than the drift than I thought. So I did some missing. You know, people are like patting me on the back for shooting this ram. It's cool. But not letting misses bother you and staying with it and staying optimistic that you will end up getting it done. Because the one I ended up shooting, you went down there. Yeah. I think I might, I said four yards. I might have overjudged it. It was, oh, fucking close. It, it was closer than that. <laughs> yeah. It, it was up close and personal. It was funny because those guys drove around the field. It pushed them into the canyons. And I was quite a ways away when you got, shit, actually, I was longer than quite a pretty far. Yeah. So I knew the canyons that went in and I circled around. I saw two U's on a ridge line coming down and circled way below them. Just right place, right time. I, I got just in front of the group and was able to kind of like hold up in good cover, hoping they would feed in front of me. And they fed through and probably 50 rams and ewes and kids fed all around me. Oh. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get winded because if they would have bottlenecked back up, the wind was coming straight from my left to right. So I had all of them in front of me. So if they would have drifted 10 yards to the right, they would have winded me. Luckily, they went out in that big opening and around that lake, and they took, anyway, that pond. And I had a ram from you to me, bigger than the one I killed, feeding at the base of that cedar, and I couldn't shoot it. And I was like, I didn't have a shot. I Believe me, I would have taken it. You just, this is what you do when you're this close. This is guide experience, okay? (laughs) You take that arrow. (laughs) Stab it. And you stab it. (laughs) (laughs) It literally, there were so many around me, I was like. You can't move? They're going to see me. They're going to hear me. So. I, if you can imagine, my, my shins are on the ground and my, my feet are long, so my toes are on the ground, and my butt is on my feet. Mm-hmm. And I ended up shooting it like gangster style, yeah, like parallel to the ground. I didn't pull the clicker or anything. I just reefed one off when they got close because I thought, I already have my bow ready, yeah. but that's still some movement when they're that close. And luckily we had wind, so they didn't hear the bow draw. And when I shot it, you see what you want to. Yeah, It looked like I pin like I rung it out shit blew everywhere oh, and yeah. I had no idea which sheep it was I one went left and about 50 went right and and this is a big group because they're hungry in the weather and so they're all grouped up well okay did I see me shooting it cornering away or did I shoot it broadside and, and gut shoot it you know I'm like I'm not sure so I took a minute and kind of gathered my thoughts and of course put a big chew in I almost called you guys and say, hey, come down. I thought, you know what? You guys might blow it out finding me. I'm going to give it a minute and just circle around in glass. I could smell it. That's how I found it. So no I, way. I went left and it doubled back. And we found the blood actually that proved what I was thinking happened. It went hard left and went to get back with the group. I went hard left around this. Basically, it was like a spur. And I got around that spur. The wind was blowing, you know, right to left. And I was like, it's close. It's got to be. And uh, just followed the wind down into the right, and there it was. And it's, it's a fucking big ram. He's a big bastard, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. He's big. Yeah. yeah. It was cool, but. It's it's weird looking back at the photos, even though that we it wasn't that long ago. He, You look back at those photos, I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's a big ram. You yeah. know? Good bases. He had 13 and a half inch bases, so it fits big for an owl dad. But what did we figure? Was it? It's in the back of my chair. Was that 11 or 13? I, I think 13. Yeah, it's old. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I got up wow. to it and arrow was perfect, went through both lungs and the heart, which is why it only went 80 yards or so. But I ran up on the hill and called and uh, then then John and Scott and Amy, they drove way around from where they were and then walked down, you know, to me. And I just sat there ecstatic because it wasn't like it was easy, but there's very few rams like that get killed with a stick bow 
legit spot and stock on free range. Most are high fence and whatever, and I don't give a shit, but I was, for me, I really wanted to, I'd passed up, and I don't know if Scott, taught, I couldn't, I had used running me over all week, and I, I mean, literally like 12-yard, 15-yard shots and could just could not get super close to a ram, and so being like super goal-oriented, I was pretty freaking ecstatic that I was able to kill one of that size, and I've had people message me, you know, that's the largest that they'd ever known of to get shot with a stick bow, so that's pretty, I'm proud of that, I mean, it's cool, and yeah. The fact I shot it a few feet away was pretty yeah. neat. But. Well, the, the fact that you had all the difficulty making it happen, you know, and you, you stuck with it and made it happen that way is really cool. Yes, it was a suck fest. It was actually embarrassing because a couple times I come back to the truck with three arrows and I'm like, I didn't get one, Scott. And he's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> I was close, dude. I tried, you know, and, and I, I changed my point on a little bit. I don't know if mentally, I, I know it wasn't bothering me mentally, but I think muscle memory when you're more instinctive shooting because I wasn't ranging. I didn't have time. I was just shooting over and under. And so I only made one what I would consider bad. I sky hooked. I, I plucked a string on a shot that was 34. Uh, you, know, you know better and than that. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, you know better than that. And uh, it was in the cliffs. Like it was a 50, 47 degree angle, 53. And uh, the arrow landed at its feet and just kind of looked, looked up, up like that's all you got. <laughs> well, you, I, well, at that range, you know, you should have used the finger banger. <laughs> you, <laughs> you got know, a finger that, banger. The finger banger. Oh, shit. Yeah, but it was a, it was a cool, it was a cool trip. This, Scott has a few different ranches and, you know, there's a pile of people trying to sign up for it. I, I would say off my limited experience, like getting within 80 is doable. 60s quite a bit tougher and and for stick bow range on a, on a ram is is nuts it's hard so just letting people know like most of the guys signed up for the u hunts the u's are a little bit easier but some of the older u's are difficult but it it's a crazy it's a crazy trip and it's it is super fun oh it's a blast uh, anybody who's thinking about doing it should just sign up and do it is it expensive hunt it's not too bad you know uh what is it 20 2500 is that what that? Yeah, twenty five for, for the U. U. Yeah, yeah. And what? So I've heard. You know, I, I've never shot an Audad. I've just guided a shitload of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, tell me about the meat. I've heard mixed feelings. I've heard that the meat's not so good. It's not. Um, it's steak. It doesn't taste bad. I mean, I think. What it do you, what do you mean? It, it's not good, but it doesn't taste bad. It. It. You will get lockjaw chewing it. It's tough. Like really tough, especially an old ram. But burger, salami, it's great for that. Okay. So, but, yeah, you're not going to throw it on the barbie and gnaw yeah. down on it and say that's the best meat I've ever had. But you can't fuck up burger, right? Yeah, like, right. Burger, salami, uh, breakfast sausage, yeah, it's great yeah. for that. All the jerky I just made for this trip, I made it out of the – Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Everything ground, right? Just ground and yep. seasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do with mine, so. Yeah, because I, I, Amy, she, um, she does the jalapeno cheddar – burger and mixes it with a, just a standard or plain Audad. And, you know, it's good. It certainly doesn't go to waste, but I wouldn't expect me. You know, I had some guys message me and how you prepare it. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, I've never prepared steak. You can't take away the fact it's tough as shit, right? Like yeah. you can tenderize it and do whatever. But if I have a choice, why would I eat Audad backstrap when I can have whitetail backstrap? I'm going to ground it up, right? It's just, yeah. you know, how it is, it's just tougher. So, I don't, I mean, like I said, if I've told guys that ask, how is it? And I'm like, just don't plan on eating steak. If you could yeah. crock pot, we crock potted a bunch of it and it was great because it tenderizes it. But we cooked the tenderloin on one of mine the night we shot it. 
I, I literally got my jaw got tired from yeah, chewing just on it. So. Gnawing on it. Yeah. So Luke, what you got before we stop or before we get off the subject uh or while we get off the subject to our dad. You're starting your podcast soon? Man, yeah. So uh, hopefully this weekend I'm going to have the studio done. Um, I came over here yesterday picking the what's-his-Nate's brain about equipment. So I'm going to put the order, and I'm realizing how expensive this shit is. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, it's good. I just got my graphics uh, all done. But, yeah, we're going to have um, video, audio, guest yeah, liquor, beer on the cast, and um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of excited about it, you know. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a good time. I'm just, you know, I'm gonna bring more content to the, you know, aspect of you know for my show, Gladiators, and it's just, uh, you know, being on obviously on Kafaro Cast has put me on um, a platform. So I thank you guys. Uh, just the demands of people, you know, hey man, we need to get back on there and. And, and and talk again. Apparently, they like my smart ass mouth and uh, <laughs> my joke. So we're gonna keep going. I'm gonna go with it. And um, hell, maybe uh, maybe um, we can make some money doing it. Who knows? <laughs> you know, my wife might like that. You know, there you go. so sure. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. And then uh, John, you've got what do you are you gonna this year because john's been messing around with the stick bow some he's got a widow what are what are you planning on for the season are you gonna do the standard well right now i'm just going through the the application process you know with um i think arizona just finished up and then uh wyoming and arizona arizona just closed i think or maybe it's on the 11th that's today i know arizona did because i put mine in i'm looking for a trophy and uh i'm probably just gonna do i have quite a few mule deer points here for uh, Colorado. Maybe I'll talk to you, and maybe we can. Uh, maybe you can give me a pointers and what uh, for right. elk or deer, mule deer. Yeah, and I have a couple points for for elk, but um, I'll end up if I get drawn for Montana, I'll, I'll hunt Montana again, and then kind of my fail safe is I don't know if Idaho is going to change stuff, but if I don't get drawn for Idaho, I'll probably end up. Or I'm sorry for for Montana, I'll probably just hunt over the counter in Idaho or something like that. But uh, I like to do a lot of hunting just for the experience of it. And I think hunting different states and different climates and different regions helps you kind of become a better hunter all around. So I'll hunt rifle. I'll hunt uh, with a stick bow, compound, doesn't matter to me, whatever gets me out in the woods. So It's kind of weird with everything going on with Colorado because they're like cutting tags down in southern, southwest Colorado because the numbers are down. Uh, and they're introducing wolves, and then I saw some guys say that uh, this happened because of it's you know the harvest statistics are greater than they have been, which is what from what I understand is totally not true. That is not why the season dates changed. But a lot of crap going on in Colorado, and then the wolves are talking about reintroducing wolves. And in fact, Rogan sent me an article and was asking me about it about the tags getting, uh, you know, some of the the over the counter tags going to a draw. You know, a lot of it it. You don't have to screw up a herd because of harvest statistics or ratios. You can also screw that herd up from pressure. But it's not just the animals. Let's say the animals stayed the same, the numbers, but the hunt just sucks because there's too many people there. Yeah. That's another reason to, you know, go, you know, take away over the counter and, uh, you know, go to a cap or go to a draw. But, you know, we're Colorado's more generous to out of state hunters than, than any other state um, yeah. as far as tag allocation. And right. I've had guys get on me about it because I am more, I want to have a really good hunt, not just go hike around in the woods. So I want to see animals and not have tons and tons of pressure. And, you know, considering where we're at on mule deer, that spot's pretty much blown. There was 13 people around me last year 
on a high country hunt multi miles in, you know, that's crazy considering 10, 15 years ago, you'd never see that. And so, you know, pressure is definitely at an all time high. You know, my complaint with Colorado is uh, I wish, you know, Parks and Wildlife did more for the residents. And I don't really have a ton of ideas on how to make it better, but I know that um, it just seems like the residents get the short end of the stick in a lot of different different areas. Every gate and trailhead that I, I end up going to, it's somebody out of state, you know, that's, you know, 10 out of staters and then one, I'm the, I'm the lone resident. Definitely don't give out your email with that statement. You'll get hate mail, but, but it is true. Like, well, you gotta look year, at, yeah, you gotta look at it like this though. That's a revenue for those yeah, out of state hunters. I, I understand you know? the revenue aspect of it, but I think that, and I don't know what the consensus is, but I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that serious, serious hunters, uh, that are residents of Colorado might be willing to, to take on the, the burden a little bit I would. to offset that. Financially, I would. I yeah. know people would complain, but you got to figure last year we had three people from Alaska, one guy from Indiana, one guy from Tennessee, two guys from Wisconsin. Other than me and Frank, there was one other person from Colorado out of 13 in that yeah, specific spot. Yeah, that's a little too much. Yeah, right. yeah. One, uh, two guys from New Mexico, uh, one guy from Utah. There's no Coloradans back there. Right. Um, you know, so for whatever reason that is, and I'm not shitting on the out-of-state guys, it's just it would be nice to live in your own state and not have the pressure. And I'm sure out-of-state yeah. guys are listening to this screaming, we finance what I got it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I dig what you're shoveling. Right. I'm speaking selfishly. I would like a good hunt in my own state. <laughs> That's right. all I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I don't have the answers. I, I just wished I, I just wish it'd be managed better where um, the quality of hunt, um, would be better. There's there's uh, animals in every unit. They're just getting pressure. There's a lot of pressure. And it ain't going to help if they introduce the wolves. That's for damn sure. No, no. Taking the numbers of elk down or, or deer, specifically elk, are going to be bad thing. And moose. Moose are going to take a hit as well. And, you know, the southwest Colorado thing, you know, is that from predators? Is that from hunters? It wouldn't take too much to see you know, in 2000, whatever it was, there was 19,000 and now there's 15,980 or whatever the, you know, they were figuring out as far as the elk herd. Did the harvest ratios go up? Did we kill more? From what I looked, that's not the case. So you can only point the finger at so many other things. Predators would be, you know, one, why that the numbers went down. So I'm curious about that. I know get people weren't happy. They made that into a draw, but you know, rather than just screaming, I'm getting screwed, it's kind of look on a biological standpoint, break it down and figure out why. Maybe it's because, you know, we close down spring black bear and there's too many fucking predators. That might be one reason, but God forbid the voice of reason stand in and say, you know, we open a spring bear season and, and get rid of some of the predators. But, right. <laughs> exactly. You know, I know. Why don't they do that? Congress, I guess. I don't know. I've, you know, we've kind of made a stink about it and talked about it and I looked into it and it has to get passed by Congress to, to get it back, which is crazy because they're still getting killed in some areas by, you know, trappers. I mean, we're right. paying people to kill them. It's just we're not generating any revenue from it. And the game wardens have a, a shitty end of the stick on this because they get, they can't, their voice isn't heard. It Like the wolf, the wolf right? They yeah. put on, they got put on a gag order. They can't talk about it. Game wardens can't, can't, can't say anything, can't oh, give no out their views. So, you know, they're in a tough position because even though they may know what needs to be done for uh, the end goal to be correct or, or cor start correcting things, that doesn't mean anybody's going to listen to them. And they don't want to lose their jobs by, you know, making a riot or something. So they're in a shitty position over all of this. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting how all this shakes out, you know, as far as 
the wolf introduction, the, you know, the season changes. I didn't agree with the season changes. I would have hoped they would have kept mule deer season early, started elk late, but they bumped everything down and we lost a couple days. Um, I don't think that had anything that had to do with harvest statistics. I think that had to do more with the Colorado bow hunters complaining they wanted more time in the rut. So they moved the season down. And since it starts on a weekend and ends on a weekend, we get more time in the rut. We just lost a couple of days of the season, as I understand it. Um, what happened. So what are your thoughts on uh, the traditional only season for a short, like a week or whatever that might be? Um, I don't, I'm not really for the segregation of, you know, bow hunters or bow hunters. Um, if it makes sense uh, from a conservation standpoint. So if it's, they're going to close a unit down, let's say, or whatever. And the best ca- case scenario and still generate revenue is let stick bow guys in there. Um, still generate the revenue. Stick bow guys probably aren't going to be as successful. I'd be banking on people thinking that because I, my ass would go in there and then that would, you know, you would still getting revenue from it. The population would increase. I get that. And I, I wouldn't argue with that, but as far as just standing on a, you know, a platform and saying, Hey, we want tradition. It's got to make sense as far as on the biological standpoint of it, there's strength in numbers and there's not very many stick bow guys. Yeah. And so it goes to a vote. And this is something I talk to people with, I'm not going to name names, but uh, different traditional archery, what do you want to call it, um, societies, whatever. There's not enough numbers of traditional bow hunters to make too big of a stink for something to go to a vote if it's going to a vote against compound shooters because we will get crushed in that vote. So coming at it more of a common sense standpoint, and hey, let's just figure this out. And if a traditional season makes sense, Hell yeah, I'm all for it. But I do not have an issue going against a compound hunter personally at the same time in the same season. Yes, there is an advantage, but I can do my part to become more efficient. I can do my part to be a better hunter, a better stalker. So I don't mind compound guys being in in the same unit, same season. doesn't bug me at all. Now, having said that, if somebody said, hey, we're going to make unit – pick a unit, I don't know, 80 something. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make that stick bow only for archery. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to sign up for it, but I'm not going to cry if there's compound guys in there. I don't, I don't care. Do you think that, uh, if say, in fact, that, that was, uh, they had a five or seven day season. Do you think it would increase the, the amount of traditional bow hunters or people that were kind of on the fence about putting the compound down and picking the trad bow up? This depends on how applicable or how, how possible it is. Their chances how much it would increase of them to harvest an animal. And the bottom line is most guys aren't going to put the commitment in. They might try it a year and I bet it would for a year. Yeah. But dude, you shoot one. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, no, it's not easy. And you know, to do a, let's say it was a backpack, more f- backpack friendly unit. And they say, Hey, we're still going to have the four weeks or just shy of four week season. That first week is stick bow guys. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the next three are going to suck anyway because they're not in the high country anymore. Yeah. So for that first week, if if they can go to a compound or there'll be compound hunters in there, they might pick up a stick bow and give it a try. There's also the way to look at it is there's going to be a bunch of guys in there that can't hit shit that are going to scare off animals anyway. Or wound them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or wound them. Yeah. Right. So now, like, let's just say a guy like me, you know, I pick up a trad stick and... I shoot for, can I shoot my compound if I don't go successful for that week? I would think they'd have to do it that way. Right. It's an archery tag, right? Yeah. I mean, either yeah. way. Yeah, archery, but stick bow the first week. Yeah. yeah. I would think that'd be the way to do it for sure. I mean, I, I would definitely would think that's the only way. I don't know. I mean, it would, I don't know. 
my my presentation in Wisconsin is about converting right. compound guys to traditional. It is a hard sell to say, hey, John, you can shoot 80 right now. Yeah. You're going to go down to 20. I'm going to take away your pins, your draw stops, your everything. You're going to have to practice twice as hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get closer, be more patient. And oh, by the way, all the cool kids don't shoot a stick. The Levi Morgans, the Dudleys, the Gillinghams, the McCarthys, whatever. Right. Yeah. They're not going to shoot a stick. Yeah, the Luke Cadillos. Um, they don't shoot a stick. They <laughs> shoot a compound. And you're going to have to practice twice as much and learn archery again for a seven-day season. It's a hard sell. Not not to mention the archery aspect of it, learning just how to shoot. You have to learn how to stock again because yeah. your range it's with a compound, closer. yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you say all the time, where my hunt ends yeah. is where your hunt begins. And uh, closing that distance, um, it's it takes a lot of skill for sure. And people have to be, especially with, uh, you know, if, if they were to increase the tag cost for um, to minimize, uh, you know, the tag allocations and offset that cost, it seems to me like, you know, as far as the stick bow guys, you know, if you're, if you're going to say the odds are going to go down and tag prices are going to go up, it's probably a hard sell. Yeah, I think like it would make more sense maybe for a, a goat, a mountain goat. To, you could do two weeks or whatever the season is for traditional archery only. And I think that would, I don't think revenue would go down. I think no, stick yeah. bow guys would put in for that unit. Yeah, It doesn't affect other hunters in any way because there's only, whatever, 22 tags for the whole season anyway or unit. That makes sense to me. A moose, you know, moose only stick bow week or whatever. That makes sense. You talk big numbers, though, because there's not that many people. There is, but not as many as elk and deer for for moose or goat or sheep. You talk about mule deer and and elk. It's going to be a hard sell to the community in general of, hey, this premier elk unit, the number's starting to go down. We're going to go to stick bow only. Passing that, it could happen. It's just going to be hard, I think, because of just sheer numbers in the voting hard for that to happen. I'm all for it in the sense of I, I it's not going to bother me to go in there with a stick bow and stick bow season. Mm-hmm. I just, it would be, I don't mind compound guys being beside me with me. I like hunting with compound guys. It doesn't bother me a bit. Yeah. And I don't mind going against them. If I got to work a little harder, I've fucking weapon I chose. So right. of course, right. But it's got to make sense on a biological standpoint to, to do that. I mean, Luke, you haven't been the most successful with a compound. You've had yeah, to work that's your what ass I was, off. I mean, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, what, what you gave me my first trad bow on over Christmas. I've been shooting it, you know, off and on now for over a month. And I love it. I mean, I love just ripping, just grabbing arrows and flinging it, you know. And so it's different from coming from a compound guy. I love it. You know, I love the part where a compound I can shoot out to 80, 100 yards and be really precise with it with my pin, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I get it. I get why you like the trad. I, I get it because it's fun, man. Like, once you start getting a thing, and, and granted, I've only shot out to 20 yards now. I mean, I'm not, yeah. you know, pinwheeling nothing, but I am getting pretty damn good. You're going to be surprised. <laughs> which which used to be the range, right? Trad bow guys, 20 right. and in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that I mean, was that's like it. max range. Yeah, until you have give one to Aaron and he's shooting out 40 yards, you know? But yeah, exactly. And I That's what I'm saying, like, I think a guy, you know, a compound guy should try shooting a trad bow too because I think it's fun. I mean, am I going to hunt with it this year? I doubt it, you know. I might you shoot might a doe. Yeah, yeah I'd say shoot a doe yeah, or turkey I might, or something. You know, if I get good enough with it, I mean, we're going to shoot a lot this this summer with it. I'm this definitely, fucking snow ever goes away. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to do it. I mean, 
I mean, right now I'm still shooting your arrows and look what I'm doing. You yeah. know, yeah, I like it. Not tuned for it. Yeah. So it's fun still, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, as a compound shooter, I think, you know, it's going to, I think it's a great idea to, you know, have a week of trad. And if you're going to, you know, switch over and try, I mean, I think it's a great day. I mean, or, you know, this year I might just take my whitetail trad stick to uh, Nebraska. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand where people are coming from, but if you're going to choose your weapon and then complain about the weapon that's yeah, in your you hands, do that. you can't bitch about yeah, that. Yeah, you can't right. do that. I, I made the choice to shoot a stick. That's my choice. I, I know I'm limiting my distance and, and so on and so forth. So I don't really want to sit and whine about the weapon I've chosen to other people because I chose it. It's, yeah, it's my yeah exactly. So, and obviously that's my own views, but... I, it would be hypocritical for me to go and whine to Frank and say, you haven't compound, you get to shoot farther. Well, a guy, if he's choosing a stick, he's choosing to limit his range. Yeah, if you really want to be successful, go go just shoot a rifle. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that either, too. You know what I mean? And believe me, every year, <laughs> elk archery season gets done. I'm like, God, why didn't I just do rifle? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially that first, that first week or that first rifle season. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I got to cut this short and go to, into a meeting. They're blowing me up here. So, um, man, John, congratulations um, on thanks, your man. sheep, Luke. Thanks, thanks for having for coming me. On. Oh, hell yeah! It was it was great. I'm glad you came down. Yeah, congratulations on the sheep, Aaron. I'm glad you took my advice. You know, I'm teaching you well <laughs> on the guides. Heck yeah! I, you're the first person I call before I stock. Like Luke, what would you do? Well, then I, you know, and I, I think him, he gave the right advice. Yeah, yeah. tell him. <laughs> Let it fly. He's like, just shoot it. Just shoot it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh.